Hi guys, welcome back to Best Friends Club. I'm Renee. I'm Ashley. And this is season 10, episode two, the one where Ross is fine. He's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so my friend Kate, Ashley knows Kate. You guys don't all know Kate, but my friend Kate, she is a very, very much a worst case scenario person. And it's really funny because she's had some like pretty crazy things happen in her life, like a lot of crazy things actually. But the things that bring her the most like anxiety and stress are the not big things that have happened to her. <laughs> like when her husband's job changed and they weren't going to be able to go on a vacation that we had planned. She said it was the second worst thing that has ever happened to her. <laughs> oh my gosh. But she would always say, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And we're like, it's not fine. But that's okay. You don't have to be fine. But she said it so much, it just kind of became like the cat, like a joking, a catchphrase, like, it's fine. But she got it tattooed on her. It's fine. Um, on one of her arms. Oh, she did? It it's fine. Oh, that's Yeah, great. it says it's fine on one of her arms. Yeah. So whenever something like actually bad or sad is happening, she just points at it. She's like, but it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. And we're like, it's not. I have a friend at work who was telling me. I have a friend at work who was telling me yesterday that like he he's like the big things don't stress me out. Like he's like, you know, like if I'm like losing your job or this happens or whatever, he's just kind of like, all right, well, we'll deal with it. And because he was telling me that um, I don't know, this is this to me like blows my mind, but he's like, um, I, he doesn't plan for vacation. He's like, we'll just kind of be like, oh yeah, we're going to go on vacation tomorrow. He said one time we were just like, Hey guys, I'm picking you up in an hour, get packed. And he like, he and his like guy friends went on a vacation. Like, like literally was like, I'm going to be at your house in an hour, be ready. And like that. And then he's just kind of like, all right, like, let's go. And I guess when you can fly standby, you can do that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said that like big things like that, um, like something really bad happened to their house, I think, during the latest flooding. And he was just like, well, what are you going to do? And just, you know, it's kind of like deals with it, like goes calls insurance. But then he's like, but like, if I can't get a screw out of a chair I'm trying to fix, I'll like freak out and throw the thing across the room. And I'm like, oh, maybe we... (laughs) Maybe, Maybe we find out about regulation that. of emotion. Yeah. Oh my god. That is intense. So I should tell him to get an "it's fine" tattoo. Yeah. yeah. If he gets an "it's fine" tattoo, it will be fine. <clears throat> I'm fine. So Ross, oh, I love this. Ross is fine. Um, as we obviously we all know this he's totally fine yeah I mean Um, he doesn't know why it's coming out all loud and squeaky (laughs) I guess we're just gonna dive right into this one so uh the 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 day of them leaving Barbados is like a really long day because we're still in it they were just in Barbados you know four episodes ago they're still they just got home and right at the end of the last episode, they do this on the one of Monica and Chandler's wedding too. And probably, oh, the one where Rachel has a baby. Remember, it was like five days later, she still just had this baby like within still the last 24 the hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we are 
uh, back at Joey and Rachel's apartment, we just had that whole thing at the end of the last episode where they were like, okay, stop saying goodnight. And now they're like making out in the living room. And Ross walks in. And Ross, his face is just like, I mean, the most like, it's like shock and blank and, you know, all the things. It's like when Rachel told him that she was pregnant. Yes. And he just goes comatose. Yes. Or like yeah. when he tells cousin Cassie he hasn't had sex in a very long time. All I could think was, <laughs> this is the longest anyone has not talked <laughs> ever. Talked. <laughs> so Joey and Rachel start like backpedaling. And, and Joey is handling this as well as one could. And Rachel is imploding because she's like, we weren't doing anything. Oh my gosh, I've got to chill. Like she's just freaking out. So this is such an interesting response, in my opinion. This whole situation, I was thinking about it and I want to talk about it now and I kind of want to talk about it later. But like, okay. so Joey and Rachel had said like, you know, we're not going to do anything until Ross finds out. We're going to tell him. And, you know, they haven't dated for a long time. And, like, this whole thing is just really weird. But for Rachel to be so freaked out about him seeing it is just so strange to me. Like, I'm thinking about, like, if you had not been with someone for six years and you were dating someone else and your ex found out, it would be awkward maybe. But I don't think I would, like, freak out like that. I don't know. It's just so interesting and strange. Don't you think? It is weird how much she is like, yeah. I Like think, she acts I like she's she getting just, caught cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. I was like, she's, I think she just really, she probably just feels really, really bad because they went through, like, they went through all this trouble. They, this is the first time they've kissed in, like, the 48 hours from when this is all started. And she's liked him, you know, for yeah. a little while now. Um, and so I'm wondering if part of it is, like, frustration. Like, we've been avoiding doing anything so that this very scenario didn't happen because we wanted to handle, like, not, you know, they wanted to be able to talk to him first. And yeah. instead the very worst possible way he could find out has happened. <sighs> yeah. And I think she's maybe just like frustrated a little bit because it's like, ah, we were like being so, 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 so careful. Yeah. And funny enough, the exact same way that Charlie or that Joey found out that Charlie and him were dating. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, but anyway, everyone's acting so weird and no one weirder than Ross, who's like, oh, it's fine. Am I free? Because at first he's like, she's like, if you need to freak out, you know, go nuts. And he's like, I'm not going nuts. And you think, oh, he's going to be calm. And then he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, it is a bit weird that she's like, if you need to just go nuts or whatever. I don't know. I would feel yeah. a little patronized, I it's, think, by somebody telling me that. It's just so, the whole thing is so weird to me because like, why, okay, first of all, why? <laughs> she said, first of all, you guys, buckle up. Buckle up. We don't be here a while. Thankfully, Ashley has to be somewhere today, so I can't talk about this all night, but you know, I'm going to try as much as I can. Um, so for, 
For Ross to still have such a physical reaction to Rachel dating his friend after six <clears throat> years, I if I were Charlie, I would be like, uh, I don't think we should be together. You know, like if you care that much, <clears throat> something's up. I agree. Like, I think I I have a few thoughts about this, but I, I do agree that like with that last thing that you said about the Charlie, like if you were her, you'd look at this and you'd be like, why does this bother you yeah. so much? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would probably also, f- which has disrupted all of his past relationships mm-hmm. for like, right? Like it's been a problem for a while now yep. has been the Rachel thing. Um, yep. It was the problem. Wasn't it the problem for Mona? I can't remember, but like, oh yeah, that was just the complication and the fact well, because that he, kept he leaving her. Yes, and he couldn't just be honest about the situation with her and Ra- with him and Rachel. But oh, I think it's right. because he, he didn't. Rachel. He loved like, Rachel. Yeah, he reloves secretly. her. Um, I do think though that this is different than just a like an ex, even if it's like the one that got away dating somebody who you also happen to know, and it sucks. But like, you're never gonna. You know, it sucks. These people are like under his nose like 10 hours of every single day. And I could see that being very uncomfortable. Yes. it. I know, but it. I don't know. It's just I'm not so saying weird. he's right, but I am just saying it's a little bit different. Like if it's you're like, you know, it's somebody who you had a crush on since you were in high school. You dated, thought you were going to marry, you know, and it just kind of like yeah. ended poorly and then now they're dating your best friend and you guys are like constantly going out to dinner together and stuff like I don't know if that's a little different it is really weird and like I I know that Ross or sorry that Rachel has dated other people and Ross has kind of just let it go you know like he hasn't been super weird about it and I know it's like it's in his I don't know I guess it's kind of in his house a little bit you know yeah but I just still feel like it's weird like the whole thing is just weird yeah um so he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm fine. Nothing's weird here. Whatever. Why don't you guys yeah, come over for dinner? Like, <laughs> he goes from like zero to 100 a bit too quickly with yes. like, in fact, let's double date. Come over for dinner. And it's like, oh yes. no. Yes. And it's that classic thing where like when you're trying to prove something and you just go too far. You know, you overcompensate. You over, it's totally they haven't even gone on a date yet. Right. So their first date is going to be with you at your house? I know. Like, no. I just would be so uncomfortable. <gasps> even if they were cool, if he was cool with it, that would not be the first place I would go. You know? No. Like both of they, our exes I, are dating. <clears throat> we should have dinner. No. I feel like that's when Joey... Maybe should have been like, hey, let us just like see what this even is first. Yeah. But I guess the whole thing is that they're like, well, we don't want to do this unless Ross is okay with it. So it's kind of like they're trying to like go get his blessing yeah. a little bit, which they're almost maybe being a little bit too um, pandering to him. It's nice to be like, we want to make sure he's okay with it. But you're right. Like it was six years ago. They kind of have a right to date. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Joey and Charlie just broke up like five minutes ago. I know theirs wasn't as serious, but um, yeah, it's still weird. Like the whole thing's still weird. Anyway, so Ross invites everybody over for dinner for fajitas. Um, 
fajitas. And <laughs> they all kind of meet up in the hallway. Oh, also, I think that they say yes to it. Like you were saying, they should have been like, we're going to do our own thing. I think they feel guilty for how he found out. So they're just kind of like going along with it to not yeah. make it more weird, I guess, even though it's going to be the weirdest. But now they're trying to pretend like it's cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, feel like they were trying to go with the flow. But anyway, they all go over there and they run into Charlie in the hallway who brought Joey underwear and a Van Halen CD, all things he could use <laughs> since they were his. <laughs> Um, and a toothbrush. <laughs> and a toothbrush. And he's like, she's like, you can give me my stuff whenever you want. And he's like, yeah, I didn't throw any of that away. <laughs> yeah. So they come in and Ross is just like pretty much unhinged. Like he is yeah. running around. Oh. Talking. Oh, the worst. When he's like, oh, you'll have to introduce me to your new oh, girlfriend. <laughs> like. Oh. Okay, I'm just, I was trying to think, and I don't, I think the answer is no. And I think barring separating from the men we are currently with, I don't think there would be anyone that we would be so like tied to that we couldn't have dinner with them from exes, from an ex's perspective. I'm not saying we'd want to. Are you talking about like if you dated one of my exes? No, I, I'm, I'm not even, take you and I, we don't have to be in the same room, but like if I had dated someone else before and I went to dinner with him and his new girlfriend, I don't think anybody other than breaking up with Matt and having to go to dinner with him and his new girlfriend, that is the only one I think I couldn't do. I think anyone else I'd be like, okay, sure, I guess. Like I don't necessarily want to spend time with them, but. But I kind of think that's how Rachel is for Ross is I like you know. breaking up with Matt. Wait, from Rachel's perspective or Ross's? No, from Ross's. Oh, totally. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I was trying to think of like an ex that I wouldn't want to do this with. And I'm like, it wouldn't be my first choice of a Friday night, but I could do it. It wouldn't be hard. It would just be like, I don't know why we're spending time together. Um, this doesn't matter. There's people I wouldn't want to, but it's because I don't like those guys anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But nobody that you're like, oh my gosh, we just shared so much life. This is uncomfortable from like my personal perspective. Um, we just don't have anyone like that. So I'm like, it's just hard to imagine what you would think you needed to do. But that's the other thing is I'm like, Rachel doesn't care. Ross cares. And that is just what's like even more awkward about this whole thing to me. You yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Rachel would care if it was like Ross and Phoebe started dating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. I mean, I guess he dated her sister and it was super weird. But actually, I think that's, that's weirder. That's a good point. It is weirder, but that is a good point. She did care when it was her sister. And, you know, I mean, I think it has to do with the, the closeness of the person you're dating yeah. and how under your nose it is. Yeah. It's weird. Um... So it's fine. It's fine. So Ross is making margaritas and flan for three. And oh, hey, that hey, rhymes. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we talk about his great poem that he does? Oh my gosh. He's like, I love L O V E love. L, L is for life. Because what is life without love? O is for, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
V is for this very surprising turn of events, which I'm still fine with. Totally by the way. fine with. <laughs> <laughs> it's for how extremely normal I find it <clears throat> that you two are together. Oh God. Yeah, I think if I was Charlie watching this, I'd be like I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, he got drunk and is embarrassing. Cause like whatever. Yeah. You know, that as long as that's not like a pattern. Right. But I think it's like yeah, you're convincing nobody. And I'm actually a bit humiliated because it's so obvious you're still yeah, hung up on. I don't know. Again, it's like, are you hung up on Rachel or is it just the fact that it's like your best friend? Yeah, I don't know. I um, Have you ever watched Veronica Mars? I don't feel like you have. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, I love that show. And I started rewatching it when I was sick like a month ago. So now I'm like just finishing it up. And she has like a long time on and on, on again, off again boyfriend throughout the show. And at one point they're broken up and he starts dating someone else and someone does something to Veronica and he thinks it's the new boyfriend. And he, the old boyfriend goes and beats the new boyfriend up and his new girlfriend comes over and is like, you know, the best way to tell everybody that you're not over your ex is to beat up her ex in public. And he's like, yeah. you don't know what he did or this is what I think he did. And she's like, oh, that must've been so terrible for you. Like, you know, but you're not, it's not your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, why are you concerning yourself? Like running to you know? defend her. Yeah. And yeah, so that was the totally the thing is she was so embarrassed that it was so clear that he was like, you know, quote unquote, trying to, trying to defend her honor rather than just yeah. being like, Hey, I heard this thing as a friend. I wanted to tell you, I think that's the more appropriate, you know, yeah, yeah. amount of involvement. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I think of. Like, that's the perfect way to tell me that you're not over your ex. And yeah, it is. And this, yeah. like, it is so weird because I'm like, is Roz over Rachel? I-, I thought so, but also maybe not. And it's so weird because, like, I do think there is a thing that some people have, and I don't even know that it's always conscious, but it's like, if I can't have them, no one can. I could totally see Ross being like that because he is so jealous and possessive. But he's not Um, been like that with every boyfriend she's had, you know? That that is why I think this is different because it's Joey. Yeah. You know? Um, But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying it wouldn't be super duper weird even if everybody's over everybody. This is just very like almost like soap opera-y where like everyone's dating everyone's ex, you know? Yeah. But in, in my head... If we're all going to remain friends, I actually think we would like not hang out a whole lot and just kind of be in big groups for a while and yes. work our way up to double dates, you know, not well, like planning a you're trip not unhinged because I'm not crazy. Um, but yeah, so he's going through his poems and his flan for three and burning his hands and making enough margaritas for everybody. I guess I made tater tots. <laughs> I don't know what that one's for. Which I think, I think they, I think they cut that. But yeah, oh, when yeah, he has the do. third buzzer and he's like, I don't know what that's for. And it comes out, I guess I made tater tots. Um, but then finally. It's really nice of Joey to be like, I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to make sure he's I okay. Know. I know. <clears throat> because Charlie's got to go. You know, she <laughs> seems relatively unfazed. She's so funny. This has been lovely. <laughs> I know. I know when she's like, oh, don't worry. My father was a raging alcoholic. Oh, I'm sorry. Have I made this uncomfortable for anybody? 
Or like when Ross is like, see, and you thought it'd be weird because you've never liked Rachel. (laughs) I actually think this is probably the most likable Charlie is in the entire show. I agree. It's like she's funny. She's compassionate. She's witty. She's like doing the the best she can in this like horrid situation and and doing it like she's holding pretty much with grace you know um and yeah I think this is probably when she's the most likable (laughs) um but yeah so the girls are gonna leave which I think is good I don't think Rachel needs to talk to Ross you know no like we said this is more between the guys this is more between the guys last week yes so this is between the guys and you know Ross is still towing the official party line of I'm fine and Joey's like no you're not and I understand and he is so incredibly sweet yeah trying to talk to him I guess it's like the next morning but um yeah (laughs) after he he took his pants off and danced to the Chicago soundtrack (laughs) soundtrack. (laughs) Uh, what a great soundtrack it is um, but Joey is being like, he's being really calm and understanding and gracious. And he's like, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen. We're just, we always said like, if it wasn't going to be cool with you, it wasn't going to be cool with us. And as crazy as Ross has been and how like completely self-focused in a, this is weird for me way that he can be, mm-hmm. his response to be like, okay, I'm not okay, but I will be. Like, he's committed to being okay with it. Um, yeah. Which is, because doesn't he say, he's like, we haven't been together in yes. six years. Is and it's that like right? he hears it. And then, yeah. And then he's like, because Joey's like, you're Ross and Rachel. I get it. And he's like, but we haven't been Ross and Rachel for six years. I mean, they did just have a child together. So it, it's, you know, there's been other things. But yeah. like. Yeah, he's like, I'm not okay, but I will be. Like, that is really, it's good. It's a really sweet, vulnerable moment between the two of them. Yeah. And Ross is just like, you know, if this is real, then maybe it's time we all moved on, you know? So. um, I like that too. He is like, what is this? And Joey's tries to like, be like, oh, uh, you know yeah. me. And he's like, yeah. no, come on, Joey. Like, for real. And Joey's also vulnerable and is like, yeah, I'm really crazy about her. And he's like, then you should go for it. Yeah. Which... Is good. And if I guess if one awkward night is what we had to get through for them to just like figure out what this is, I think that's probably better than yeah, like tiptoeing around. Yeah, yeah. Good point. For the next like several months, for months. everybody feels awkward yeah. and nothing's resolved and there's tension and whatever. So yeah. So Ross is fine. And he has essentially given... His blessing. He's given his blessing. To Joey and Rachel. Um, yeah. Do you know how many times Ross says he's fine? Uh, I read it. Oh. That so you tell us. <laughs> 11 times. <laughs> there are some interesting fun facts about this episode that we will get to from some of the other things. But there was one thing that Ross said at the beginning, like when he goes comatose. I forgot to mention this before. And... And she's like, oh, you can freak out. And he's like, freak? No, I'm not freaking out. And then he's like, I just needed a minute to process. But now that I've absorbed it, loving this. (laughs) He like enters into another dimension. 
with stuff like this. It's that whole like, well, Rachel kind of has done it too with things before. Like I'm thinking about like with Joshua when she was like, you know, when you're like, I know this is not where I'm at, but I have to make it where I'm at. And so you just go like a th- like a 180 from how you actually feel or like, yeah. Like when she tries to like just make, you know, with Joshua, like we're not spontaneous enough. You know what we should do? Get married. And yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I feel like it's just that t- it's that same energy. We're gonna call like, it make going this okay. to the bad make this okay. place. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's yeah, it's accurate. That's where it is. <laughs> Loving this. Um. So meanwhile, we have Phoebe meeting up with Frank Jr. It's very minimal in this show, but um, we have not seen these kids in a really funny. long time. No, we haven't. No. Last time we saw them was it when the three of them were babysitting them as yeah. babies and they were doing they were doing zone defense. Yeah, zone defense and the ribbon drawer and yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, they're all grown up and Frank Jr. Jr. is pulling tampons out of the lady's purse and that lady's purse. Chandler's jumping on Chandler. <laughs> Leslie's throwing bagels at him. I was like, oh, oh my God, these children. Out. Now, remember what we talked about. There are certain rules. <laughs> remember what we talked about? Oh, my gosh. So I have a lot of compassion for parents with kids in, like, the grocery store, especially if it's, like, one parent versus more than one kid, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of times they're just, you know, they're trying to keep everybody with them and buy their groceries. And, like, it's just a lot going on. But recently... I found the exception to my compassion and I was at Trader Joe's and I was in, you know how Trader Joe's like, they have like the cold case on the wall, but then I guess most stores are like, they have like produce kind of like out in the middle. It's not like in an aisle, Yeah, you know? So I was over there and at my Trader Joe's, that kind of is like the cold case of the lettuce and stuff is on one side and then the flowers are kind of on the other side. So you're kind of like boxed in. And there's space, but, like, people are coming in there. And so it's a little bit like of a, oh, sorry, I'm in your way. A lot of, like, dodging, you know, getting out of people's way and whatever. And so I walked up to look at some type of produce. And it was something I was, like, trying to feel if it was fresh. And all of a sudden, like, a piece of produce flies past my head. And I was like, oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, it's a kid throwing it to another kid. And I was like, okay, just whatever. Just ignore them. It's not a big deal, you know. And I look over and the mom is just like not doing anything. And then it keeps happening and they keep throwing produce back and forth. And then they're running around my cart trying to throw the produce at each other. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The mom is not even looking up from what she's doing. And she had like four kids with her. So I don't know if maybe she just is like, I don't know. I don't even hear it anymore. But it was just so, it was so next, like not even like a, hey, we don't, you can't throw stuff. We're in a store. Like them running around is one thing, you know, but like throwing produce back and forth. I was like, what's happening here? And then like my friend Lydia has kids and she, she has kids and she's like, nope, absolutely not. You take that baby out of the store. Not having it. She's just like lays down the law. So I'm like, Lydia said it. It's fine. She's a mom. She understands. Did she say something to the kids? No, she wasn't there. But I was like, she would never have let her kids do that. You know what I mean? She would have been like, nope, that's it. We're leaving right now. Um, So she's my like scapegoat. I'm like, am I being judgy? I'm like, no, this is, you know, I know plenty of people who do not let their kids behave this way. And it's like, if they threw one and the mom was like, hey, no, 
But she just yeah, didn't care. But if they're just like, you're just like letting just them kind of do whatever. Just throwing product around the store. I was like, I got to get out of here. This is insane. And I kind of <laughs> feel like that's Frank Jr. right now. Um, my sister has, th- I guess this is with like her nieces and nephews and stuff. Because like sometimes they get a little bit much and she'll go, okay, I'm the adult here. And then we'll like step in and say something mm-hmm. like, hey, don't speak to your sister like that. Or like, hey, we don't like, you know, like if... Yeah her nephew like starts to like grab his sister and like and she's like ah you know she's not like oh i'm not their parent oh she's yeah like, i'm the adult that is observing this happening yep that's so how i I'm feel that's gonna say something <laughs> yep i've never really thought that way before because i'm like i don't know i'm not your parents i'm not gonna tell you what to do but i was like that is a good point i'm the adult observing something yeah. happening and yeah. like if I know it's not okay. I mean, you shouldn't be like shouting at other people's kids, but like, no, you know, you also can like, by you not saying anything is also kind of like tacitly. Yeah. Like condoning it. Yeah. Any kid that is in my life, like close friends, kids, my sister's kids. Like if you had kids, I would have absolutely no problem being like, Hey, we don't do that here. Like if I was, yeah, yeah, like it was happening. I would. Yeah. Because I agree. I'm like, I'm the adult and I'm, the closest adult to the situation but like those that, those kids I didn't know I wasn't gonna say anything but if they hit me in the face I would have just hit them right yeah down. I tend what? to do I tend to do like disappointed face like I said I tend to do disappointed face yeah like if a little kid like screams really loud or like does something that's just like unruly I'll like kind of look at them like seriously that's mm-hmm. what you're gonna do because I'm like you know that you're just like trying it you know but I, sometimes I don't say something I just look at them like hey really come on really be cool <laughs> you know I'm disappointed I don't know if it works or not because I don't have to stick around to deal with the consequences <laughs> yeah people's kids I don't know I'm kind of like well I can't do anything about this other than trying no, to leave it's fair enough Unless, like, somebody's hurting themselves or somebody but, else. But, yeah, yeah, throwing produce is annoying. Oh, absolutely. Unruly, but you're not going to, like, discipline children. You're just like, bye. No. Somebody that worked at Trader Joe's could. Like, they have every right to be like, oh. put that down now and go find your mom. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's rough. Um. So Frank Jr., and Junior Junior and Leslie and Chandler are all there just hanging out with Phoebe, talking about how he hasn't slept in three years and how the kids are crazy. And I can't imagine. <laughs> Honestly, I can't imagine. Um, it's a lot. I, I can't imagine either. Willing to adopt triplets? Adopt triplets? No. <laughs> no. Um. So, yeah, so he's just kind of like talking to them and they, they get to this point where he's like, maybe you could just take one. <clears throat> and she's like, I can't do that. But like, which one? Yeah, I know. I love that. <laughs> Frank, you can't separate them. And also, which one? Yeah. Um, once again, Phoebe has principles until she doesn't have principles. Um, but you know he goes through then why they're all wonderful and all this kind of stuff it's very sweet and he doesn't want to wake them up at the end and or he, he like touches one of their backs at the end it's like i love you so much oh please gosh please just don't wake up please don't wake up yeah but i feel like i mean obviously we're not parents but i feel like every parent i know is like 
counting down until bedtime most days. And then as soon as their kids go to bed, they're like, I miss them so much. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's funny, isn't it? Yes. And then yeah. they just want to stare at them and look at how cute they are. It seems like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Parenthood, seems I like mean, a lot. seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's really not much there except Phoebe volunteers to babysit more. You know, which is nice of her to do. I don't really yeah, know why they. Is. She's like, I'm I feel so like, sorry. I, I feel like they just didn't have anything to do with Phoebe. What do you mean? Like in this episode, they're like, what could we do with Phoebe here? Oh, you mean like the writers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good um, point. Because everyone else is otherwise engaged. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, so they got rid of her by putting her with Frank Jr. Um, and lastly, before Frank Jr. comes and hangs out, Monica and Chandler are looking at adoption. Pro, pro, what's the like word? Not portfolios. Um, um, brochures. 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 I was like, portfolios? What is that? Um, so Phoebe's like... It's, so cute get this one and she's like that's not how it works and she's like well how does it work i don't know (laughs) i don't know um but i mean once again we've never adopted but i know it is a huge process and and on one hand i'm like that's good obtaining a child should be hard you know um i think there's a lot of rules and and like protocols in place that are are really protective and important but I also know a lot of it is just red tape, you know? Um, yeah, it does seem very difficult. Yeah. And long, like a mm-hmm. long process. It's also like, um, you're right. You don't want to just be like, make it an Willy-nilly. easy free-for-all because like super exploitative. But um, yeah. it if you're thinking about like, like Monica and Chandler, you know, like it's like once you decide to adopt, you've been on such a long, yeah. potentially such a long process already. Yeah. That it's just like another thing that you're now like you've got your hopes up and it's like you're the you know the longing for the kids and it's mm-hmm. just like oh I don't know it just seems like agony you know yeah <clears throat> so they've decided they're on the adoption kick and um they Phoebe really sweetly offers like oh my friends Bill and Colleen adopted a kid I know they'd talk to you which I feel like for something like this has to be so helpful just someone who's been there and can understand and maybe answer some questions and I feel like that is definitely the type of community where there's a very much a pay it forward you know um this is not the same but it reminds me of like immigrating to a different country oh yeah where you're like similar in a way like large arduous process large arduous process it's very like you would think that it would be like oh it's like I'm sure it's like super clear the steps are really obvious you do this then you do that then you do that like it's not and it's kind of like there's a lot of waiting in between and then there's all these like gray areas about like wool like what happens when my current visa lapses and I haven't yeah. and I'm not allowed to apply for my new one yet because I'm not allowed to apply until this one expires. So I've got this like and it's like, oh, then there's this like weird like you'll automatically be granted an extension. But like, where does it say that? And then like, can I leave the country on that? Yeah. And like, you know, it's really weird. And I'd assume that adoption has like a lot of those 
confusing, difficult, and the fact that, you know, like we've said, you're, you like got your heart set. On yeah. There's a lot of emotions. Expanding your family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it'd be great to have some people that could help you cut through some of it. I recently applied for a permit from the city and that was a process <coughs> and it was not really a process compared to getting a work I visa. I thought you were going to say you recently applied or, to adopt and I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, no, just no, a city no, permit. Just a, but I'm just like, a permit. the time and energy I had to put forth to get this like very common city permit with almost like no... Uh, like I knew I would get approved. It was just a matter of getting the ducks in a row. You know what I mean? Like there was no, like it was yeah. not high stakes and it was a lot. And so I can't imagine that on steroids basically, you know, like that was a lot to manage and it was one stupid city permit. It was not adopting a child. Not so the rest of your life. No. Yeah. And just, I just know that there's like millions of things you have to do and think through and you know, all this kind of stuff and like, you know, it makes like buying a house look easy, I'm sure, like adopting. Right. You think there's all this stuff to buy right. a house. Your finances have to be a certain way. You can't do this. You have to do that. You have to fill this out. You can't, you know, I mean, there's just so many hoops you have to jump through. Yeah. And that's just to buy a house. Yep. But like adopting is a million times harder. So anyone out there who's adopted, you are the real heroes. Um, you really are. It's wonderful. Really wonderful stuff. Um, and I can only imagine that that process was an absolute insanity. <laughs> Just crazy. So anyway, having like a, a guide through this new process sounds wonderful. And friend of a friend of Phoebe's, great. Love mm. it. They go over there and they are so nice. Um, do you recognize Bill from anything? Oh, no, I don't. Shoot, should I? Um, It's not a real big thing but he is always the announcer of like the contests in parks and rec like he's always like the beauty pageant and like uh game any like anything on a stage basically he's like announcing it oh really next time you watch one of those episodes from parks and rec you'll recognize him uh but he definitely okay. does the miss Pawnee pageant where we um the hot one wins <laughs> The hot one wins. Yeah, yeah. Teresa or whatever mm -hmm. her name is. The April only applies because she thought it was $600, but one. it's like half a gift card to a lawn care service or a fence. <laughs> <laughs> it will get you part of a fence. Um, but he's the announcer. So that's what I mainly recognize him from that's is Bill. Odd, odd episodes of Parks and Rec. Um, but yeah, they're super nice and they have this amazing book. I feel like... Colleen is 100% Monica energy and like Phoebe should have introduced them a long time ago anyway, just because yeah. they're like the same person. That's so true because the like color coded tabs for everything. Yeah. With the, in the binder and mm -hmm. the, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should have, but they don't have room for new friends in their life. So. Um, no, true. I guess she just, but Phoebe's always got this like trough of friends she's never mentioned. Yeah, um, she does. She's such a dark horse, Phoebe. Yeah, we just don't really know what's going on with her at any at any time. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got this like beautiful binder, and it's color coded and organized, and um, you know, they're like 
starting to talk about it and she makes Chandler go wash his hands. And while in the hallway, little Owen comes up all redheaded and chipper in his cute, cute little scouts uniform. It's little scouts uniform. Um, and Chandler does has has great um big uncle Chandler energy with like asking about his badges and if he has knows how to use a compass and like you know those kind of things that are good getting in with kids and yeah. until he says I gotta get back our parents are telling your parents are telling us all about how they adopted you <sighs> news to Owen I'm adopted news to Owen I have to say Okay, and maybe you wanted to ask, but, but like, this is not Chandler's fault. It is not Chandler's fault. Okay, I good. Okay, <clears throat> agreed. Totally agreed. So, first of all, I think if I were Bill and Colleen, and I was having you over to my home, it'd be different if Webb's coming to your house, we're going to dinner. Yes. Owen is home, and I'm having you over to talk about adoption in the living room. Not the secret hallway where and no one ever like, goes. Yeah, that's right. Right. I would have he told you that house. on the he phone. In earshot. I would have told you that up front. Be like, just so you know. But before we get there, let's back up. Not telling okay. people they were adopted. I feel like that trend has left us, thankfully. Well, why do you think that? Don't you think... I don't know. State your reasoning. And I'll tell you if it's stupid or not. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I feel like like when we were kids, there was always that fear of finding out you were adopted because people used to keep it secret. And I feel like a lot of times back in the day, it was more like the dad married the mom when the mom was pregnant with someone else's kid or something like that. And so it was like, they kind of quietly adopt them, but it's not like we, you know, fully adopted a kid, but, or people couldn't conceive. And so they adopted, but it was shameful. So they didn't tell anybody. And then people find out later and it was always traumatic, but I feel like now people celebrate adoption and it's not the secretive thing. And so I don't think anyone adopts today and keeps it a secret from their kid. I guess I don't know. Um, I know what you're saying. Definitely back in the day, because I remember we would do like, it was like in chemistry class, you'd do like a blood test or like a some sort of yeah. like DNA testing or I don't know. I'm sure we weren't DNA testing, but we did something, right? Um, and I remember them saying like, just F- I remember some science teacher being like, just FYI, people have found, maybe we were doing like traits, like testing traits in biology or something like that and doing like dominant and recessive gene, um, maybe. some sort of like very basic experimentation. And the teacher being like, just heads up, like people have found out that they were adopted this way before. So you might want to have a chat with your parents before you do this. Um, Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Yeah. Because it was something where like some girl was like, oh, but like neither of my parents have this dominant or recessive gene or something like that. And then found out she was adopted. But I don't know. Maybe that's also a myth. Um, I do think you're right that it was more stigmatized back in the day Mm -hmm. where it was like, because women's like women's um, fertility, which this isn't just a woman's fertility issue, is it? It's both. But like those types of things right. weren't really talked about as much. Like 
any type of like fertility journey things probably and to an extent today probably feel quite isolated but like I think back Mm -hmm. then it was very very much like the couple's private journey I'm sure that there was a lot of shame that was felt with it as well um Yep. And it was really difficult. And so, yeah, I think also if it was like we adopted because either, yes, we couldn't conceive or like this baby was born into like a really bad home environment that couldn't yeah. care for them, like that was also kind of a source of shame and all this stuff. And so like mm-hmm. I do think I do think adoption is less stigmatized and I think fertility yeah. journeys are a lot more like talked about and less stigmatized. But yeah. having said that, I don't think – I know some people who have adopted, and I guess, yeah, they do say that, like, you know, it is something that they celebrate. Um, but I don't know how much – like, when do they tell their kids and when do their kids know? I guess, like, the one friend I'm thinking about at work, her her son is, like, three. And I think maybe he does know. Maybe she did say that. It's like they've introduced it in a way that is, like, language appropriate for the age. yeah. Yeah, I've seen it where like, you know, you grew in another, in your other mommy's belly, but like I'm your mommy now and she loves you, but you know, like you do the best you can with the age, but they understand like the basics. So it's not like a shock when you hit a certain age, like rip off the bandaid all of a sudden. It's just something that you grow up kind of knowing. Yeah. Even Even imagine being five. I mean, a five-year-old is still quite young, but they have a grasp on like, this is my family. I was born into this. And then finding out when you're five, I was adopted. It'd be even worse if you were 10, 15, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I so what I feel like saying. having a small amount of knowledge from a young age is like, it's the band-aid. It's not a secret. Because it's like, even it's if just you can't a fact. grasp the specifics of it, at least right. it frames your worldview of like, oh yeah, there's like, yeah, you know, that's, I, I've got two moms or whatever. You know, it's kind of like just yeah. normal. It's like a fact of your life. Yes. And you still yes. Feel, a yeah. fact versus a secret you have to learn. And I think I think is so different. Yeah. It's because it's like it's a fact of my life, but I'm still like secure and stable and loved versus like rug mm-hmm. pulled out from under me. What does this mean? Who didn't want me? What's the right. deal? You know, like, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Owen, what do we think? Owen's like maybe eight, nine. I can never tell. Like that. Uh, I would I don't say know. nine. This is hard. So, like, my nephew is seven and my niece is 11. And I feel like he's older than my nephew and younger than my niece. But maybe he's 11. I don't know. So, he's definitely, like, older elementary age. Um, Yeah. I would have said nine, nine is probably about right. Yeah. So, Owen just found out he's adopted via Chandler. And then they go he goes back into the living room and imagine. they're trying to make... Oh, I, I know. I mean, being Chandler in that when he's like, what? And Chandler's like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got I nothing. S- I said, you're a doctor. Fix my arm, doctor. <laughs> and he's like, I'm adopted. And he's like, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. It's so, I mean, terrible. I think I would come out right away and be like, I think I would just come clean. Yeah, immediately. hate this happened. Like, uh, you guys, because because it's like instead of it being like, "Oops, I did this thing," I think I would be like, "You didn't tell me," and I've like been st- set up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think if I was Chandler, yeah. I would have immediately walked out and been like, "Uh, can I please tell you what just happened? Because this is not cool." 
Yeah. Well, and like, okay, so they try to make a quick getaway. And in this moment, Colleen decides now is the time. Oh, by the way, Owen doesn't know he's adopted. And then Owen comes out and is like, I'm adopted. And his dad is like, uh, no, who told you that? So that's the other thing. Oh. Like covering it up like there's something wrong with it. You know what I mean? So like if you always knew you were adopted, you always, even if it's just like you don't fully understand, but you understand, I feel like keeping it a secret makes it feel like it's wrong or like something, something to be bad. ashamed about. Yes. Rather than just it being a fact of your life, like being a brunette or losing a parent or, you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of things like maybe you wish they weren't part of your life. Being brunette isn't one of them, but I was just trying to, state facts about life but like there's all sorts of things like but if it's a secret and it's like there's something wrong with this why are we hiding this so he comes out and is like I'm adopted and his dad's like where'd you hear that rather than being like well we wanted to tell you for a while but trying to hide it again so I he's was, like he told me and he paid me $50, $50. not to tell <laughs> which technically now <laughs> you should give back I do I was thinking that's that right too I was like it could have been kind of a moment to be like okay you know Owen they're here to talk about adoption and because they want to do it because they want a baby so bad and Mm -hmm. the truth is you know we really wanted a baby and you know that's how we got you I can appreciate not wanting to have this very personal private family moment in front of strangers Um, but like it is what it is But I think, as you said, it's just back when this was a lot more personal, like you felt a lot more personal shame around it, maybe, and it was more stigmatized. So they didn't really have the whole like celebration culture. Although if you were ever going to celebrate it, you'd think it'd be with other people who want to adopt because they totally get it. A lot of malfunctioning wee-wees and hoo-hoos in this room. Yeah, I just, oh my gosh, I just feel like... This is not Chandler's fault. Like, in no world is this Chandler's fault, in my opinion. Like, if you're having me over to talk about it in your living room, it does not sound like a secret, you know? Um, And, like, certainly before you send him down the hallway towards your child. I know she didn't know he was out in the living room or out in the hallway, but, like... Well, and they put... They put food on the sour yeah, worm tray for, for Owen. For so Owen. like he's going to be kind what is he going to think when it's like, oh, we're just talking to them about adoption, not because we know or anything. We're just telling them about it. <laughs> stuff we've heard. Well, I think they're probably like, going to the lie to him. Setup. Like, what are we talking about? Adult stuff. Don't worry about it, Owen. Anyway, look how cute our adopted child I is. I said like a trophy. adult stuff, not adoption. Adult stuff. A doctor. <laughs> Where did you get him? Russia? So there's like a whole... <laughs> There's a whole... F- anyway, sorry. There's some cutout stuff, but... Yes. Uh, so, yeah. I just... I do not... Um, I do not condone this method. I think some sort of small amounts of information is better from an early age versus... Oh, and finding out on the way to the so bathroom Chandler with Uncle Chandler. Doesn't, Chandler doesn't help his case, though, when Owen comes out and is like, he told me. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, you guys. You should like tell people when they come in the door or have a sign. Owen doesn't know he's adopted. And he also thinks Santa is real. <laughs> he isn't? <laughs> we gotta he go. Isn't? 
I mean, that is his fault. But I, I do agree. Like, obviously, don't have a sign on the door. But if you're going to specifically have people over to talk about adoption yeah. and you have yeah. a binder yeah. all about adoption yes. and your child is old enough to read, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Colleen. Maybe get with the program. Yeah. That's what I'm like. If it was just like, oh, we're having them over for dinner, dinner. not specifically to talk about adoption. And they're like, oh, you know, when did you adopt him? I, that I'm like, okay, you know, maybe you didn't know to specify. I wouldn't be, I guess if I didn't tell my kid, I wouldn't be telling strangers that he was adopted. No, not at all. And if I think that's probably. Yeah, exactly. The good, the good rule. Yes. But you know what? Maybe going to get, um, I don't like to get political. But I also feel the same way about Santa. What do you mean? I don't have anything against Santa. But as soon as a kid is like, is Santa, like, I don't think Santa's real. You forcing them to still believe that Santa is real. That I'm like, eh, I don't know. We don't have to like keep lying. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like if they straight up ask you if Santa's real. Have you that's just my opinion. ripped off the Band-Aid for our nieces and nephews and told them he's not? My- no, no. I'm not going to like go around telling people. I'm just saying, you know when Once a kid is like, I don't think conclusion. Santa's real. Yeah. And the parents are like, no, of course he's real. Don't you remember this thing? And then I'm like, they, you know, just, it's fine. Oh, just Renee, like, yeah, it's like I a think, fun story. I think that's more for the parents feeling like their kids are still young and whimsical. You know what I mean? Because it's like. Kids, I know kids grow up, but I'm so just fast. saying. I think that it's like a it's it's almost like the parents wanting to retain some magic. I know, but we just have to find it somewhere else because I feel like they're gonna be like, "Well, you lied about that, so, so why what, should I ever believe what you is again?" Real mom, if that's even your name. But I also pretty much I also figured out Santa wasn't real based on like hard facts when I was very young, so. I'm not the most magical child, but I just kept it to myself. I was like, they no, want me to believe this. It's you're fine. a barrel of laughs, Renee. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, well, I was like, my mom's handwriting <laughs> looks awfully similar to Santa's. <laughs> Harriet the spy over and here. And the inconsistencies. It was the inconsistencies that got me. Your Santa wrapped your presents, but mine came in a bag. And, you know, all these things, different things happened at different people's houses. And I was like, this isn't real. My neighbor once. So I, I was like four years older than my youngest neighbor. There was two sisters. And I remember she's mm-hmm. still, so I didn't believe in Santa from like a young age because I, I remember believing, well, I remember not believing. And then our chimney at my California house had a belt around it. And like thinking about it now, it was probably an old Christmas decoration that like the previous owners never took down and we never took down. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> it wasn't super noticeable. It wasn't like you know, a giant Santa, but it was just like this black belt with like a buckle or maybe it even wasn't, but that's what it looked like to me as a little kid. And so I was like, what Mm -hmm. was like, well, why else would there be a belt up there? Maybe he is real. But like with a sister that's five years older, you know, I was pretty clued in pretty early, but my neighbor in Florida um, was four years younger and she still believed in Santa. But like my family has always opened presents on Christmas Eve. And so Mm -hmm. my parents kind of just would like start wrapping them and putting them under the tree, like, you know, days in advance. Like basically like as soon as they bought presents and had time to wrap them, they'd just start loading up underneath the tree. But my neighbor, Mm -hmm. they all the presents would arrive 
the night of Christmas Eve. So when they woke up on Christmas morning, there was all these presents under the tree from Santa, which I get it makes sense. Um, But so she came over to my house once, I remember, and she's like, how come there's presents from Santa under your tree? And it's only like (laughs) the 19th of December. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be the one. So I was just like, oh, you know what? He comes to our house early because it's like, my parents like have an agreement that it's okay for him to come by early because mm-hmm. he has too much to do on the night of Christmas Eve. So we just get ours early and it's fine. And we promise not to open them. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, see inconsistencies. That's why I was like, is. this isn't real. And I did lie to her, but I was also like, you know what? I'm not going to be the one to be like, because he's not real kid. Get with the program. No, 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 no. I don't think we should be telling other people's kids. I'm just saying when you ask your parents straight up, anything like that, like, you know, I don't know. And I understand wanting to keep it I would just go. I get it. I don't know. What do you think? And if they go, well, this, this, and this. What do you think? You can kind of go. Stay vague. "Mm -hmm, I don't know. And just, yeah, be cagey. Just be cagey with your children. That's my advice. Yeah. (laughs) Great advice. Be Keep vague, coming back here. Never ask, answer a question straight. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Mm, are you my mother? Mm, I don't know. Could be, could not be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So at the end, after, you know, Monica and Chandler are like, by the way, Phoebe, Bill and Colleen hate us. We told Owen he's not adopted. And he's like, how would you feel if you t- someone told the triplets that you gave birth to them? Once again, I feel like this information should just be public. Um. <laughs> And they all look over and he's like, I'm going to go tell Emma she was an accident. Oh my gosh, Chandler. <laughs> Just but really, I do like that really knocking like, it all out. What? How could he not? He's 12. And they're like, no, he's only yeah. eight. And she's like, where did they get him? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, you uh, probably also know this fun fact about yeah. the, the actor who played Owen. Mm-hmm. Daryl Sabara is now married, or was married, I don't know if they still are, to Megan Trainer. Yes, I did know that. And he was all, in... Um, all about that base. That, that base. He was in Spy Kids. Ah, uh, yes. I do recognize him from he Spy Kids. He was the Kids, boy in Spy Kids. I did not Kids. see, but yeah. I just ha- have seen the trailer enough to yeah. know. Yeah, same. And it was the girl, was it, he was Spy Kids, and then it was the girl who ended up being in the Missy Elliott videos. Was she the Spy Kids girl? Uh, I don't know. I don't I know either. Remember. I can go look. Um, but yeah. So he's, he's been in a bunch of um, Megan Trainer music videos too. Oh, that makes sense since they married. Since they is married. Are they or aren't they? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Could happen. <laughs> Just be cagey. <laughs> um, and one fun fact I did see about this episode that this Episode features no scenes in Monica and Chandler's apartment. I feel like that is rare. That is rare. Wow. Yeah, okay. Because they're at the coffee shop and then they're at the, uh, I wonder why not. And Bill and Colleen's. Bill and Colleen's. Ross's they're apartment. They're at Ross's. They're at Rachel and Joey's. Wow. Yep. Just they had too many other locations. Didn't need it. So many locations. It's the opposite of a bottle episode. I know. Interesting. Um, and I yeah, do. This interesting. is we say farewell to Frank Jr. Bye, Frank Jr. Oh, yeah, it's his. It's his swan song. That's him. That's it. He got other um, stuff. He got to do. He's so funny. He got stuff they're gonna do. No, I can't I know, say really it. Funny. It's too bad. 
<laughs> that was too bad. I guess I can't say it. And just the way he like is like um, physically holding his mouth to keep the words in. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> so I guess we never see Alice again, huh? No. Yeah. We saw her like once, maybe twice. Yeah. Just giggled and. Bye, Alice. Yeah. Junior. <laughs> Um, oh, is she the mom from that 70s show? Do we already talk yes, about this? Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. Busy there you doing go. That 70s show. She's busy doing that. Um, okay. Well, I mean, thankfully, Ross is fine. Ross is fine. We're all fine. It's fine. fine. We're all it's fine. fine. I don't know why it's coming out all squeaky like that, but we are fine. Um, next week, Ross is not going to be fine because it's the one with Ross's tan. He will not be fine. I am so excited for Miss Tropicana next week. Oh, Miss Hawaiian Tropic. Oh, that's what it is. Miss Hawaiian Tropic. Uh, oh, it's so good. Place, the sun. Okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's so good. There's so many good one-liners from the story. And we will talk about all the best tanning stories next week. We'll, we'll see, see you, you there, guys. Bye. Bye.